Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com. This is show number 104, released on August 28th, 2013. And my name is Steve Eunice, and joining me as always is my good friend Scotty. Hey, Scott. Oh, I was just playing a video game. Yeah? How which, are you doing, Steve? Which, one? which, which video game? Um, time to record episode whatever 100 and something this is. That's what the game is called. <laughs> I thought you were maybe dodging bullets uh, fired by Batman fans. Ah, well, <laughs> looks like a lot of us have to do that nowadays, huh? Yeah, it's, uh, it's obviously going to be the, the main topic we're going to start off with. Um, and for those who have been maybe hiding under a rock and haven't heard the latest development, uh, as we know, as we discussed in our previous podcast, Batman and Superman will be in a movie together. No, and no, just, they won't. Just now, Warner Brothers have uh, announced officially that they have cast Ben Affleck as Batman. Ooh. And it's... the world fell apart. Yes. Ooh, that's right. <laughs> we're not worried about violence and we're not worried about gun control. We're not worried about taxes or the terrible other things that are going on in the world. What's most important is that Batfleck should not be allowed to be Batman because somehow our world comes to an end if that happens. Yeah, seriously, can you believe the backlash that this has received? I mean, people, somebody started a petition on the White House website. I read uh, today that uh, he was getting death threats yeah, yeah. telling him to uh, back out of the role or, or, or that his life was in danger. Uh, this is crazy. I cannot believe the backlash that this has received. This is unbelievably stupid. It's funny because I feel actually kind of good about being a Superman fan <laughs> yeah. uh, because as upset as people were and as crybabying and whining that happened when Snyder was announced as director and when Cabell was cast and that all John this Williams talk of, theme wouldn't be uh, used. you know, dark and there's no John Williams and they can't bring Christopher Reeve back from the dead. All the crying that happened there, I don't remember anyone talking about death threats or trying to petition uh, the president of the United <laughs> States to stop Batman from being played. <laughs> I mean, I can't even finish my statement. It's just the most it's, insane. It's ridiculous. It's the most insane thing I have ever heard. Seriously. I, I And then somebody said to me, uh, jumping on the whole bandwagon of let's do petitions, like I received all these links from, you know, let's petition this, peti you know, Warner Brother petition the president, petition this. <laughs> then I got this one about, well, since we're doing petitions, why don't we petition Warner Brothers to change the ending to Man of Steel for the Blu-ray and DVD release? <laughs> yeah, because... The ending just, to what? what? Yeah, exactly. They're just going to go back and film the whole thing again just for the Blu-ray release. That's right. Let's bring you all back and instead... Zod and Superman will shake hands and agree not to destroy any more empty, empty, no more empty buildings will be further destroyed um, because we're friends now. Oh my God, I cannot. Listen, I was friends with Jor-El once years ago. Yeah, uh, I might as well be you friends with you now. Singing lessons with him, didn't you? It, uh, it, exactly, I did. I did. I'm saying 
you know, uh, it makes oh, no yeah, sense to me <laughs> that uh, uh, anybody says, oh, how careless was Superman, you know, how uncaring, how how reckless, how dangerous, how, you know, not, this is no Superman I ever learned about in my life that he would just have that battle. with. What's he going to do? Say, hey, do you mind if we uh, step outside and, like, we be outside the atmosphere of the Earth so that no one gets hurt and there's no destruction to buildings that were already emptied out? Uh, and now, of course... Um, you know, people might try to compare us to them and they might say, listen, you guys were mad that instead of getting a Superman sequel, we're going to get Batman in the movie. Why is that any different than us wanting to kill Ben Affleck? Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, there's a big di- – the difference here is – and I'm not petitioning the White House – uh, and I think you agree with me. I read your uh, – Steve put a little report up if you haven't seen it. It's very interesting and I think it 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 kind of puts across all of our feelings on this whole deal. Um, you know, the logical ones of us that aren't putting up death threats and asking the president to stop Ben Affleck from making movies. Um, and that is that uh, it really doesn't matter. Um, yeah, we all have our own ideas of who we'd want to play Spider-Man or uh, Bruce Banner or Superman or whatever, you know, roles that we're talking about. But we don't we, – you know, it's not something that's destroying our lives or that we need to get politicians involved in, you know. So the newest thing, of course, is now Ben Affleck being Batman. But what Steve wrote and, – and I totally agree with you, Steve, and that is that it really doesn't matter to me um, that Ben Affleck – first of all, I think Ben Affleck – uh, could and does have the potential to be fantastic in this role. Uh, he's certainly got the charm. He's certainly uh, good-looking enough to be a um, millionaire playboy. And then with the cowl on and a slightly meaner voice, maybe without the, um, you know, the gruff, uh, grumbly, mumbly, I got marbles in my mouth that uh, Christian Bale used, I-, I think he could be just as effective a Batman as anybody else could be, and maybe better. I mean, he's got plenty of experience, and as I said, he's a big guy. He's good looking. He, you know, uh, he can certainly get into shape. Uh, and and what you were saying is, and I agree with you, is that it doesn't matter to me who plays Batman if I think he could be good. But what more matters, of course, and we mentioned this before, is that they felt the need to rush this into the quote unquote Man of Steel sequel. Mm. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I have an opinion on who would be good bat- uh, Batman or whatever, but. Uh, as not as a Superman fan, talking about a Superman movie uh, or a follow-up to Man of Steel, I personally wasn't didn't want Batman in the movie, so it doesn't really phase me who they pick as Batman. But I think if Batman has to be in the movie, then Ben Affleck's as good a choice as anybody, uh, if uh, not better than some, uh, definitely better than others. Um, and um, you know, I think Christian Bale as Batman didn't necessarily win me over. I think it was more of the stories, and I know we've had your opinion on the, on the Batman Dark Knight movies, um, but, you know, I think anybody, or not anybody, but I think any, uh, any good actor uh, in those Christopher Nolan movies would have been a good Batman. Uh, Christian Bale wasn't necessarily the be-all and end-all. Um, he just had very good uh, scripts and, and things to go and, you know, story to run with, and I think uh, the same would be for this movie. If it's a good script, if it's a good... A story, and obviously Ben Affleck being who he is, and being an A-list, and you know, a director, and an Academy Award winner, and all that kind of stuff, wouldn't sign on to a movie, especially something with this much scrutiny, if he didn't feel that it was a good story, and if he obviously wasn't a good deal for him as well. 
Well, I tend to agree with you in terms of Bale and the Nolan films uh, as much as a fan as I wasn't just because they didn't do anything for me. Um, I, I was talking to my sister earlier today, and I think it's telling – and you won't get many Batman or Nolan fans to to admit this, but it's it's telling that those movies were really about Nolan and then Heath Ledger, which is what made them explode. You know, if you look at Batman Begins, it didn't even make half of what Man of Steel has made. And now some for some reason, uh, Warner Brothers is unhappy enough with the take of Man of Steel that they think it necessary to introduce Batman because they believe that that will hedge their bets and save the sequel from the critics' wrath or save it from... See, I disagree um, there. Negative backlash, but what I was going to say was that the, the the three the trilogy the Batman trilogy was mm. really more Nolan yeah. and then suddenly Heath Ledger than it really was anything about Bale. Even though people talk about him being good and he was an award winner and all that for other things, I think it's really about Nolan changing the face of comic book movies and making these great realistic gritty films. If you really think about it seriously, would it really have made a difference if it wasn't Bale but it was mm. somebody else in the same role? And I don't really think that it. Would no, I agree with you. I, I don't think either. But I disagree that uh, Warner Brothers are looking at Man of Steel as being not successful or whatever because everything, and even now if you look at the DVD promotions they're running for Blu-ray and DVD release of Man of Steel, the biggest thing that's on the page there in the promotional campaign is $650 million. Is the big numbers there at the top of their promo showing you that they were happy with the Man of Steel takings at the box office. And whatever the critics want to think, you know, there are... There are Many movies that the critics have panned and, uh, you know, Man of Steel, as you said, did better than Batman Begins, did better than Superman Returns, did better than The Amazing Spider-Man, did better than, you know, uh, so many other uh, superhero reboots. So it's done... Iron Man worldwide, it's done better than that. Not... not, uh, not The original not, movie, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, as far as origins go, only Spider-Man uh, worldwide was better. Uh, it took more money. But I think, of course... Um, just like anything, you know, uh, even when you hear negative things about actors behind the scenes saying they didn't get along or the movie didn't come out the way they want to, when they have to do their promotion thing, when they go on to uh, talk shows, they're not going to come out and say, oh, the director was an idiot. I hated the movie. It was no. a terrible thing. Don't come out and see it. So I don't know that we can. All I can take is the evidence that I have at hand. And the evidence that I have at hand is we're afraid. So we need to do something big. We need to do something major. We need to do something that we know people want rather than continuing something that has already been successful but does have the potential to uh, be less successful if yeah. we do a sequel. I don't see it as being afraid. I see it as maximizing our profits. You know, Superman, I see it as Man still did great. Batman is so popular. Let's put the two of them together and double our Profits. But wouldn't you double your profits and then trip, therefore triple or quadruple your profits if you did a Man of Steel 2, a Man of Steel 3, but at the same time or between years, just like Marvel does, do a team-up movie, do a Batman-Superman well, movie, then do a Justice League? I mean, in Marvel's world, look at Thor. they have done every single movie, and, and the characters are still having sequels, but they also have the team-up movie. That doesn't mean suddenly Superman doesn't exist. No, well, I mean, look at Thor. Thor got his first movie, then he went into the Avengers, and then he's got his second movie. Why can't Man of Steel? Why can't Superman do the same? Well, he can. He can, yeah, obviously. Exactly. He can do Man of Steel, then do the whatever this Batman-Superman movie is going to be, and then we can get a, a Superman thing afterwards. It's, there's always Absolutely. the possibility of, the, of that happening. And, and if that no is the case, then, 
I think that that's that would be just fine. I actually yeah. would have no issue with that. The issue that I took was that they came out and said this is the Man of Steel sequel, and now he's sharing it with Batman. But now it seems to me, uh, rumors indicate, you know, uh, different trends indicate that uh, Warner Brothers is kind of shying away from the idea that this is a sequel and instead will be its own Superman Batman movie. Yeah, well, um, we only have Zack Snyder's original announcement from Comic Con where he said, "Yes, we're doing another Superman movie," and then did the whole Batman uh, announcement as well. So, um, yeah, it, it's, I guess, mixed messages at such an early stage, uh, but it seems to be um, that this is a Superman-Batman movie, which is following on from the Man of Steel universe, and meaning it's not part of the Dark Knight universe, which is, you know, uh, something that maybe some people need uh, a line in the sand to be drawn at to, to clear things up there. So uh, I'm not thinking of it as a Man of Steel sequel. I'm thinking of it as a DC Universe movie that includes Superman and Batman, which has the Henry Cavill Superman in it. And I will say the good thing about that, in doing it in that direction, um, where I would expect Thor 2 and, and Captain America 2, um, just as Iron Man 3, will do or has the opportunity, assuming that the team-up is better is good, or you know, as, as on equal ground as as one of these other quality movies, that that would then pick up new fans, fans of perhaps Batman that didn't see Man of Steel, or people that weren't that happy with Man of Steel, but now go and see this and love that Batman and Superman are in it, and really, you know, and maybe gain a more of an appreciation for Henry Cavill and Zack Snyder or whatever, mm-hmm. and they say, well, now I'm going to go see the sequel. So I certainly can see from a business aspect that this could increase the profits, which is what businesses are looking for, on any of the future projects. So doing this one first makes sense in a lot of ways uh, because, as I said, you got the fans from both sides. You know, you could get Superman fans who hate Batman. You can get Batman fans who hate Superman. You can get mixed people who are going because it's such a spectacle to see them both on the screen at the same time who then might say, oh, well, I'm going to check out the rest of the universe of these films Mm. as well, which I assume is going to happen with the uh, heroes from Avengers when they go off and, and, and continue their film series. But, of course... Uh, but with Ben Affleck as Batman, I'm, I'm actually personally kind of excited uh, to see his take on it. It is interesting that they're saying he is a uh, counterpoint to Henry Cavill's younger, inexperienced um, Superman in that Ben Affleck will be an older, wiser, um, more battle-hardened, scarred um, uh, crime fighter. Mm. Um, and and what, what's interesting in that to me is – and it's also bothersome in a way because I feel like um, – you know, what did somebody else who once co-hosted this show with you? Secrets and lies, secrets and lies, secrets and lies. Uh, we're getting it in the real world now, too. Um, as Neil Bailey used to say, the secrets and lies are getting to me, you know. Um, and I understand, you know, they, they call Star Wars movies Blue Harvest and stuff because they don't want people to know what's being filmed. But we were told, and, and to me it's in no uncertain terms. I know people are arguing that it could be read a different way, and at this point it has to be unless you want to come straight out and say they're lying, we were told Superman's the first guy, Superman's the kickoff, other people will follow him. We were told there's no story. We were told there's no casting even going on. All these rumors are just rumors. No one's even been thought of because we don't even know what the story is going to be. And then suddenly you turn around and Ben Affleck is Batman. And now there's rumors about other people, which of course are just rumors. But 
Batman being casted, according to the studio, was completely rumor. We haven't even thought of anybody. We haven't even been looking at anybody. There's no story. And, of course, you just said, you know, he must have thought that the story was good enough, that the idea was good enough. That the But if there is no plan, there is no idea, there is no script, and there is no casting going on, how do we have Ben Affleck now as Batman suddenly when there was no nobody even being looked at and no casting was even being done yet and there is no story? And also – how is Superman the first superhero that everybody else emulates if Batman is a hardened crime fighter that has been scarred and experienced and is wiser and been around longer than Superman? I, I, it doesn't have to be that way, although it always has been, but things changed in Man of Steel that we were always used to there being one way and now they're a different way. So there's nothing that says in movie form things have to follow true to the canon of comic books. And in different eras, comic books follow different you know, methods, but always um, uh, Superman in general, in every one of those forums and every one of those eras, Superman was the first uh, uh, that relaunched the age of superheroes. And Batman was not some old guy who came later and passed along his wisdom to him. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting because, you know, we don't know whether or not Batman has been around as Batman. I mean, you know, uh, he could have been crime fighting in you know in a um, an urban myth kind of way that you know people he keep hearing about this thing that this you know this person who's been fighting crime for in Gotham for so many years but he's never ne necessarily been named and and so the whole naming of Batman or whatever can come after Superman being named uh, we and we don't know how many years after Man of Steel this will be set but um, yeah there are some issues there um, you know I, I'm assuming. That there's a script that um, Ben Affleck has read, or a storyline that Ben Affleck has read to get him on. It may well be that they've said to him, "Look, you get in this one, and then we'll let you write or, or direct the next Batman solo movie." And so maybe that was the the hook that got him in, uh, and, and to to uh, you know, agree to to be cast as Batman for this. Uh, there may be a whole multitude of things, and not necessarily the story for this movie itself that uh, was the catalyst for getting Affleck as Batman. We don't know, um, but uh, I can understand where you're coming from. That was certainly my thinking. Uh, I thought, you know, because there were rumors years ago that WB was courting Ben Affleck to do the Justice League movie as mm -hmm. director. And, uh, you know, he is kind of WB's, um, I read somewhere, golden boy um, in terms of other movies. And, 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 and he's won awards for directing. And, and he kind of, he clearly has, in my eyes, proven himself behind the camera and in front of the camera generally to movies he's directed himself. But uh, I think he's proven himself as an actor, but he's also uh, clearly a great award-winning director. So uh, I very much uh, think that it's possible that that's part of his deal, that that maybe they're, they're bringing him on and, and he's uh, still going to be in contention or has already agreed to direct Justice League or, or one of the other Batman films or something along those lines. So I'm with you there. Mm, okay, well, the, you mentioned other casting rumors, and with Batman and with Bruce Wayne being in the film, uh, people automatically next look at uh, who could be uh, the villain in the film, and Lex Luthor, obviously his name comes up, being another rich billionaire uh, who could you know, have ties with Bruce Wayne or you know, business deals with Bruce Wayne, but then be the villain that Batman and Superman need to uh, go up again, and obviously Superman has issues with Lex Luthor. And then we've got names who've been thrown around. Uh, Mark Strong came out as a, a big contender early on. And then Brian Cranston's name has been of late. Uh, people saying, oh, it's almost a done deal with Brian Cranston. But uh, nothing official has been announced as far as Lex Luthor even being in the movie, let alone who might be cast in that role. 
Yeah, well, it's just like with Man of Steel or any other comic book movie or, or big, you know, uh, geek movie, you know, type of thing. There's always rumors. We talk about these, you know, on an almost weekly basis. And, of course, every month on Radio KAL, um, new rumors come out about new things about Superman. And, and this is just going to be for the next two years, you know. Um, hmm. Obviously, as we get released uh, more actual information, then that won't be rumor anymore. But, you know, once that's cleared up, then there'll be the next thing. You know, um, until Ben Affleck was announced, it was all these other people. You know, Leo DiCaprio is going to be Batman and um, this guy and that guy and somebody else is going to be Batman. And it was all rumors. And, and a lot of things I'm, f- I'm fond of posting on, on different social media sites is it's all rumor until it isn't. And, uh, you know, all this stuff is going to happen over the next two years as we hear more and more, but but still get less and less actual information. Uh, but Mark Strong, of course, uh, uh, played Sinestro in Green Lantern, which which uh, what's the deal with Sinestro anyway? Like if your name is Sinestro and you have kind of a handlebar twisting mustache and <laughs> and <laughs> how could you not be the villain? I mean, that's kind of like, uh, well, of course, he's the villain. His name is Sinister. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, I, Mark Strong, I, I actually, that was one thing I did like about Green Lantern and I actually didn't think it was as bad as a lot of people did. Um, uh, I would have liked it to go in a different direction, but, um, Mark Strong was good in it. He also played the villain in the first, uh, kick-ass movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, Brian Cranston, uh, is just phenomenal. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but Breaking Bad is just a fantastic, fantastic television show. And, um, you know, when, when I first started hearing about it, I was like the guy from Malcolm in the middle is going to be playing uh, <laughs> somebody in a serious drama and uh, he's just been great and I, what the other thing i think is funny is um it seems like people you know when 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 xavier was was getting cast for the x-men um uh, i think it was first class they, they started coming off with uh new younger people who were bald it's like they had to be bald people so it seems <laughs> yeah, like well I ryan cranston's bald on breaking bad and then mark strong's bald and kick-ass so uh, these are two bald guys that, uh, you know, it could be anyone. It could exactly. be a guy with hair. They could even have Lex Luthor have hair in the movie. Um, we've seen, um, you know, Lawrence Fishburne play Perry White. Uh, we've seen uh, redheaded low. You know, it, it clearly doesn't matter if they find the right person. But that being said, I think either of these two guys would be uh, a good Lex Luthor. People are saying it shouldn't be Mark Strong because he's already played Sinestro, but I think we're we're I think that Green Lantern movie is likely to get written off. Maybe not, Plus but I don't totally believe. Different. Yeah, and I don't think we're gonna see um, a continuation of of him as Sinestro. Uh, but we could, and if that's the case, they know that, and then they wouldn't cast him. Yeah. But I think Mark Strong has proven himself to be a, an interesting uh, character actor and and a villain. And uh, Brian Cranston, as I said, is is really a strong actor and could certainly pull it off. So I would be happy. Um, I'd probably lean toward Brian Cranston myself, mm-hmm. but uh, either one of those, if, if they prove to be at all true. And, of course, a lot of times I think fans, when they're promoting these rumors and things, are hoping someone's listening. Mm. And uh, clearly they weren't listening with the Batman choices because <laughs> I haven't heard one person uh, – well, I have heard people say it's fine, but most of those people are just trying to placate everybody that's losing their mind over the fact that the guy who played Daredevil. Yeah, don't forget uh, Ben Affleck also played uh, Superman in a way when he played uh, George Reeves in uh, Hollywoodland. 
Which is funny because it's almost like Batman fans are continuing to pound on Superman, even though <laughs> Ben Affleck is playing Batman now. That's uh, yeah. funny. But uh, you mentioned two years, and that's because of the fact that uh, they did announce that the movie would be released on uh, July, was it 17th or 15th in 2015? Yeah, I think the 15th, maybe. No, I think but 15, yeah, 15. I think it might be July 17th. Mm. Uh, just Something checking. along those July lines. July 17th, but, uh, yeah, July 17th, 2015. Uh, which is, you know, a reasonable amount of time. Yeah. Usually, something, something these, type, these these types of movies take a a, uh, a year off. You know, they have the one summer and then they're out, and then the next summer there's nothing, and then the summer after that. You know, now Marvel, of course, is going full steam ahead and strong, and they have one or two movies every single year. And obviously, uh, DC and WB would like to get to that, and I agree, they should try to get to that, and we've all been saying it for years. But that doesn't necessarily mean you have to rush into something that you're not prepared for. So I just hope, as we mentioned before, that they really think about this and they really come up with something that makes sense and that is good and, and, and comes together well. As opposed to being a – you know, a lot of people complain about Man of Steel being too much action and not enough story and not enough character. Now you're going to add another superhero into the mix with other heroes and other things going on. So that almost stands to – to be double the amount of action and things that you would have. So um, it's, you know, a lot of those earlier Batman movies got out of control because there were two villains and then three mm. villains and mm. then four and five and six villains. You know, when you start getting everything packed in like that, I think I think you overwhelm the film and you overwhelm the story with action and, and goofy-looking characters that are villains and things like that. So it's a, it's a large undertaking and a lot of people would rather see them kind of plan it out like Marvel did over five or six years. Yeah, well, and it's funny that we're talking about uh, upcoming movies when Man of Steel itself hasn't even been released everywhere yet because Japan has just had its world premiere at the end of August and uh, August 31st is the actual release date for the movie across Japan as a whole. Uh, so it's, uh, it's still got another market uh, to open up uh, as of this recording. Yeah, I guess speculations are that it'll make at least twenty million mm -hmm. in Japan. So, I mean, we're still going to see numbers close to uh, seven hundred million. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think a lot of satisfied customers in Japan are going to see this movie. And the premiere was another, you know, uh, big big time event, and uh, you know, with people walking the carpet and signing autographs and things like that. So, it's people are still just as excited as they were here back in June. Um, and as they were in Australia when you had yours in, in July or, or at the end of June, whenever that was. And, and uh, I think, you know, the idea that it's still going strong and still hasn't opened in all the markets is, is funny, as you say, that uh, we're already on to the next thing. Mm. Yeah, now the Japan premiere did see uh, Henry Cavill, Zack Snyder, Debbie Snyder and uh, Charles Roven uh, walk the red carpet, as you said. Uh, I was interested to see that their poster, the you know how we've got that Superman flying poster and it seems to be over a blurred city uh, in the one that was released uh, in the US and here in Australia as well. The one in Japan has him flying over Mount Fuji. Ah, interesting. So, uh, very a nice uh, local flavour there for Japanese fans. So uh, let's see uh, how it does. Uh, like you said, 20 million is an estimation for Man of Steel's uh, box office takings in Japan. Uh, we will keep an eye on that and, and see how it does. But uh, here and over where you are, we're obviously all waiting for Man of Steel to be release, released on Blu-ray and DVD. And that will happen in America on November 12th, where I saw uh, with interest that the Australian release will be November 6th. 
Ooh, you get it before we do, eh? But, uh, yeah, well, so that... what did you think of the covers? Uh, you know, originally we saw all the same covers, but now we've actually seen that the uh, the, orish- the official covers for uh, the three D Blu Ray release is a, um, a bust, if you like, of Henry Cavill from the waist up. Uh, you know, looking very stern, and even has for the three D cover a three D lenticular uh, thing where you you know you shimmer from side to side and see it almost like in the three D effect. Um, and the uh, the Blu Ray, just the standard Blu Ray. Is the big S with the Superman, uh, small Superman flying upwards, with uh, with the, the contrails behind him, where the two disc DVD edition is that uh, version of where his cape's kind of up above his head and he's looking off to the left. Um, so uh, interesting uh, DVD covers uh, to see them, you know, different across the Blu-ray, Blu-ray 3D and DVD. Yeah, my favorite one I think is the 3D one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a uh, that's a poster uh, that they they released not long ago. Uh, you had them posted on the site mm-hmm. um, where they had different character shots. Right. This is actually the same shot. It was he's a full body in the original mm-hmm. shot, and they just cut it in half and, and put it on the uh, the cover like that. They had a Jor El one and a Zod one, I yeah, think. That's and, right. Uh, uh, the uh, I, I think the least impressive is is the one where he's looking off to the left and um, the the Man of Steel symbol with him flying. Which is probably the one I'm going to get because I don't have a 3D television. And the 3D itself, I did see it in 3D because I went to the local IMAX theater, and um, uh, it, uh, the sound was great and the size of the screen was fantastic. But the 3D didn't really do it for you. Uh, I, I was whelmed. <laughs> to use a young justice term, uh, but uh, they've also got the collector's edition, which uh, is uh, um, 3D limited collector's edition, uh, which comes with a um, uh, metal S-glyph uh, with a lucite glass stand, uh, which is a, a nice ad- addition to your collection if that's what you're going for. Again, I don't have a 3D TV or a 3D Blu-ray player, but uh, in the 3D pack you get the 3D version, the Blu-ray version, and the DVD version. So uh, I guess that covers all bases. Uh, if you do in the future get uh, a 3D, um, you know, uh, home uh, system. That's true, but I, I, you know, what's weird is that you, you know, the, I guess it's the collector's edition or whatever. So, inside it must have some cool extras. But uh, I'm least impressed by the look of mm-hmm. the case for the. It's just small. It's just the size of of the disc itself. It looks more like a like a soundtrack case than it does right. a movie case. Uh, so, I don't know as far as wanting to collect it and. You know, Lucas did this with the Star Wars films, released it in every possible fashion with every possible picture you could get in every possible size. And I'm sure, and I actually know people who have bought every single version that has come out, even if the movies themselves weren't changed or updated or digitized or added sound or anything. Uh, And that's the hope, of course, that because you're an avid collector or because you love Superman so much that you'll buy the Blu-ray 3D, you'll buy the Blu-ray DVD, and you'll buy the regular two-disc, and you'll buy the collector's edition um, to, to get them all. Now, I personally would like the collector's edition because I like that S-glyph, and I'd like to display that with my other statues and things, uh, but I don't really like the packaging on that one. Mm. Now, uh, what is interesting about this is that it has f- nearly four hours of special features, but um, whatever happened to that animated thing that they were supposed to be doing with Zack Snyder and you know some kind of an animated feature? We just never saw hide nor hair of it. It just disappeared. 
You know, was that talked about for, was that supposed to be released on the uh, movie well, when it came? If not for the Blu-ray DVD release, then when? Uh, I don't know. Maybe yeah. um, maybe a television thing. Uh, maybe a, uh, you know how um, uh, Batman had the Nolan-directed um, Batman uh, animated thing okay. that was uh, Gotham Knights or whatever? Maybe right. something along those lines? Maybe. We, it's kind of disappeared off the, uh, off, off the well, radar. Well, I mean, maybe so. the... Maybe the disappointment they had in the film has stopped them from doing any further <laughs> Superman projects. Right, maybe, uh, maybe that that that's what some of the uh, the fans out there or the non-fans might uh, might latch onto. But sure. uh, yeah, this uh, that's the DVD out November twelve or in November, depending on where you are. And I think it's in December in the UK even. So uh, check out that. You can pre-order it from our online store. Go to supermanhomepage.com/shop. And order the 3D DVD Blu-ray, uh, whatever one you want, which one, whichever one you want. Uh, the collector's edition is not available on our online store. Uh, it is, um, uh, I, I believe, available in from Warner Brothers themselves. In Australia, that uh, collector's edition will be available through JB Hi-Fi stores. If anyone's uh, interested here in Australia. So there we have it. What's uh, what are we going to jump onto next? <laughs> Well, uh, it's interesting, you know, people were torn between whether they liked uh, Superman Returns, whether they whether they hated it, or whether they just thought it was okay, whether they loved it, whether they wanted to see a sequel, and uh, of course, Brandon Routh's still around, and, and, and people asked him what he thought of uh, uh, Man of Steel, and yeah. uh, his, his comments were, uh, as I would have figured, he's always been a class act guy, um, uh, pretty positive. Yeah, well, he did admit that he hasn't actually seen the movie, that uh, because he's got a, a new baby, he doesn't get much time to go to the cinema. Uh, you know, he's busy working, so I guess whatever free time he does have, he probably spends with his family when he's able to, so I can understand that. Uh, but he did say that uh, from what he's heard, he says, uh, you know, people ask for more action and perhaps uh, they got that because that's what Superman Returns lacked. But at the same time, what Superman Returns had perhaps Man of Steel lacked, and that's a lot of what some of the comments people made about character moments or, you know, softer moments or what have you. So, um, you know, again, he he obviously says that you can't get 100% success. No one's always, you know, never going to please everyone. Um, so, like I said, he's a class act, and uh, he's only made comments based on what he's heard, and he hasn't actually seen the movie, um, but uh, did go on to talk about, uh, you know, the pressure he felt having to live up to the Christopher Reeve um, um, you know, challenge of trying to play the character the way Christopher Reeve played it, and uh, I think they kind of did him a bit of a disservice making him do that because he was uh, obviously put up a, a huge challenge to to that was it was a no win situation really. Yeah, and I think um, you know when you put him in that weird looking costume, even though I thought it was it was good for the film, but you're trying to present this as a continuation of, of a much beloved franchise that that people still, even with Man of Steel, can't break away from. Um, you're 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 giving him a, a very a very difficult job to begin with, and then you're trying to update him and trying to make him look different, and then having him do things that. Uh, in, in a lot of the earlier fans' eyes, the Christopher Reeve version of Superman would never have done. You make it more difficult for those people to accept him. And, and it was, you know, as an actor, I don't think you ever want to go in and, and be told 
you know, okay, look, emulate this person as as exactly as you know as as closely as you can. And mm. you know, I remember hearing about it at the time, and you know, it was always well, they don't want me to copy him, but obviously we do have similarities, and we are doing this in a similar way. So, you know, but I think. Um, kind of under all that the subtext is you know be christopher reeve if you can and and, uh, it's very difficult to do that and uh, but i do like that he's making a logical remark that a lot of fans and a lot of other people don't seem to be able to make and that is it's as simple at its base as you can't please everybody all the time um and 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 you know when you when you it's totally true, you know. When they talk, when they complain about Superman Returns, it was oh, it's Mamby Pamby, it's Crybaby this, it's Crybaby that, it's moping. There's no action. He doesn't punch anyone. And then you get in Man of Steel, he punches too many people. It's there's too much explosions. There's too much action. So it's uh, I, I think it's a lose lose situation um, when you're trying to to get involved with pleasing everybody. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, let's move away from movie talk and look into TV. Now, there's not too much going on for Superman fans on the TV front, uh, but there are some DVD releases that collect together some of the best of uh, Superman's animated TV, um, re- you know, uh, animated series over the years. Uh, there's a Superman triple feature, a Superman double feature, and uh, like I said, they collect together some of the, the Justice League and Superman the Animated Series, uh, double episodes, three-parters, all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, I, I guess it's not something that, uh, you know, big-time collectors who already have that stuff in season box sets and what have you would be interested in, but it's definitely something that, uh, you know, mums and dads looking at the stores, thinking what to get little Johnny for the birthday or Christmas uh, might be interested in picking up. Yeah, we've talked about these kind of things before. You know, the mm-hmm. collectors and the people who have watched these as they've been released already have them or already have seen of them what they want to see. But uh, it's great in a, in a Walmart or in a supermarket to have it in the bin on the way out. You know, you, you catch it and you, oh, you know, I'm at the store it's and my kids are home. Box. I like to grab something for them whenever I go out. So I'll just pick this up. And yeah, so it's a good way to, you know, keep increasing that wallet size as we talk about. <laughs> Or decreasing our wallet size. Our wallet, that's right. (laughs) So these are out on November 1st, uh, the Superman double feature, uh, the Superman uh, triple feature, and uh, there's also a DC Superheroes movie three-pack, which has got uh, Batman, Gotham Knights, Green Lantern, Emerald Knights, and Superman the Animated Series, A Little Piece of Home. There's also the uh, special edition DVD version of uh, Justice League, The Flashpoint Paradox, which uh, you can also grab. That's out on September 10th. So uh, look for these uh, box sets for, you know, uh, just slices of the best of these animated shows. So uh, check those out in November. Now, elsewhere uh, for TV fans, we have uh, DC Nation uh, releasing well, a couple of, you know, like animated shorts. We've obviously in the past, we've had the Super Best Friends Forever. We've had the Ardman animation. We had, um, you know, a number of different things. But now we've got, uh, I'm seeing the Super Pets, DC Super Pets. And obviously we met, we've spoken about Tales of Metropolis, uh, which there have been two episodes. I love Tales of Metropolis. I, uh, I, <laughs> I've been enjoying that greatly, the, 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 the two that I've seen. Uh, I haven't watched any of the Super Pets. I always thought the Super Best Friends Forever were cute and funny in some ways. What was good about those is they did have kind of uh, – they had some, some comedy in them that would go over the kids' heads, but – but the animation, of course, and the characters and the character voices were uh, definitely um, meant to 
entice younger viewers, and I think that's the same thing going on with the Super Pets. Tales of Metropolis is a little older set and, and is good for, for like you and I and the type mm -hmm. of comedy they're doing there. But I think I'm learning uh, in these types of things that they keep releasing um, that that may be, may be part of the reason why they decided Young Justice just wasn't for them anymore because it seems like maybe those shows, Young Justice and Green Lantern, were too older skewed to fit in with whatever demographic they're going for. And, and if Super Pets is any indication, I think maybe that demographic is much younger than uh, a show like Young Justice is, is, is going to appeal to. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think you might be right on the money there. Uh, and it's been interesting that DC Comics on their YouTube channel have been releasing full episodes of some of those past DC animated shorts, uh, all the, uh, the World's Funnest, the... Uh, the Super Best Friends Forever, uh, the Farm League, all those have been, and uh, Super Best Friends, I said that, uh, have all been released in full episodes on YouTube. So uh, if you, you know, haven't been checking them out or didn't get to, don't have Cartoon Network or whatever, you can check them out on the YouTube channel for DC Comics. Very cool. Okay, well, let's get into our comic book discussion. Uh, I've caught up on most of my comic book reading. Uh, the only one I haven't read is Supergirl number 23, but uh, let's start with Superman Annual number 2, and uh, this is mostly focused on Lois Lane and uh, her involvement with what is being called the 20. I really enjoyed this story, and I like the artwork. I love the focus on Lois. I'm, I'm interested and intrigued um, to find out where it's going to go uh, in terms of her being in the situation that she's in. Uh, if you haven't read it yet, I, I don't want to give anything specific away, but uh, it seems like a very bleak situation, and uh, I like how it got to where it is because they kind of go backwards in time and show you how we got to where we are, and I'm waiting to see where that's going to go and, and, and how we're going to get to it. I guess we have to wait until after villains month or whatever it is before we actually see the ending to this story yeah especially with lois being in the predicament that she is now that she has been well like we said we don't give too much away if you haven't read it but um doesn't look good for lois <laughs> no it doesn't but uh, i guess she's been in worse situations before <laughs> for sure but uh yeah very interesting there it's got to do with you know brainiac having uh, at the time of you know taking Metropolis and you know trying to steal the bottle, uh, steal the city in a bottle, uh, having given twenty people uh, some powers, and so they're almost like um, sleeper agents, if you like, uh, here on Earth. Uh, so very interesting to see, um, you know, just how uh, enmeshed those uh, those twenty people are, and and how that works out for Metropolis and for Superman. I wouldn't want to be a sleeper agent if my head was going to blow up like that. <laughs> yeah. Because that's it's pretty hard to go out of the house with a head like that, especially with your hats not fitting. I know. I mean, nothing fit. You can't put your sunglasses on. It's a terrible, terrible situation, yeah. really. Makeup just doesn't do enough. No, not at all. But uh, it's a very entertaining uh, story. And if they're going to pick up, you know, what's kind of bothering me about this whole situation is, I remember back in the day, and we've talked about the numbers and the triangle and, and going in order and that kind of thing. And they don't want to do that, and I get that, and you know, but it would be helpful if they would at least kind of release things in order. You know, the last story that I read um, that where they were building up to Brainiac coming back was was the Hector Hammond story where uh, uh, Queen Bee or whatever uh, knocks Clark unconscious and has him in the sewers underground. And I haven't, I haven't yet seen the continuation of that story because it hasn't been released yet. And yet we're already seeing the next part of that story. And then we're going to see 
the Trinity War and, and Villains Month before we get back to that. And it and it's like the books that are out at the same time that are this where the story is supposed to be going on. You have the next part of the story before you've gotten the fourth part of the first story, and they're not they're not even coming out in a in a in an ordered fashion. Yeah, I understand exactly what you mean. And editorial has a lot to answer for there at DC. I'm not sure where they they're going, why things are jumping around. Um, I mean, how long has it been since we've seen that whole back back to uh, back to Krypton? Remember we saw that Superman and and, and Superboy mm. and Supergirl, you know, being um, showing up in, on Krypton, and then it's been like six to eight months since we've seen anything from that. So uh, whether they're planning that far ahead or they're just picking up on loose ends and just going with them whenever they think of it, uh, it's, it doesn't seem to be very clear. Yeah, and I'm trying to like, you know, you read a book a month before and then you get to the next book and now you're in another story. And then by the time you get to the next story, you got to go back and read, if not the whole story, you got to relook over the last few pages and go, oh, yes, I remember they were laying in the sewer and, and somehow, you know, Hector Hammond is there. And, you know, it's it's very disjointing and disorienting to, you know, comics are serialized in nature and you have to wait such a long time and if you know we only read the superman books but imagine if if you had a, a pull list of 40 books a month how do you even keep track mm. of of where your stories are at any given time you know i used to collect them for like six months and not read them until after the six months and all that you know there was that much that i could read in order so that i wouldn't lose track of where i was at but you know doing the show i can't can't always do that because we want to kind of try and be up to date and mm. you know but now the way it is it almost seems like you have to wait several months before you even get the disjointed parts of a story yeah i know so what you mean yeah, it's frustrating strange. now superman unchained uh the unchained title has been doing very well on sales charts uh seems to be topping sales charts uh each month uh, so far issue number three has this whole uh Wraith versus Superman and General Lane's involved. Uh, quite interesting. I like the story. Um, I like um, I like to hate General Lane. You yes. know, um, the, the, well, one one time some some years ago they decided to make General Lane a real uh, a real son of a bee, and uh, <laughs> they've stuck with that. You know, um, on Lois and Clark, he was this weird old guy who was kind of quirky and. A goofy and uh you know just lois's father and there wasn't really a whole lot of um angst there at all and and of course on this uh this version of general lane lois hates him you know has very little respect for him uh he has no respect for superman he has no respect for clark he pretty much is an arrogant guy who uh believes uh, his way or the highway and and uh, a lot of times the highway entails being attacked hmm and he's not necessarily yeah. even anti-alien, as we see in this story. Well, that's what he says. Um, mm. It seems that mm -mm. seems that seems a little. Uh, well, I'm gonna, you know, I think that we need to put. See, we need to put measures in place to protect ourselves from you. But you're a coward. <laughs> <laughs> it seems kind of um, kind of contradictory yeah. to. I mean, if if you're not afraid of him, then why do you need all these other strange Don't weapons? Antagonize that are, him. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, but uh, I did like the way it went. I'm interested to find out what the deal is. You know, uh, what Ray says to Superman when they're about to start their when they're about to begin their their battle where they're allies um, is interesting, and mm -hmm. I, I'm I'm kind of interested to see where they take that and 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 why it is he feels he's going to have to do what he says he's going to have to do. 
um, you know, if he's been programmed that way or if he's been ordered by his bosses or, or what the situation is. Mm, yeah, Wraith is an interesting character because he's not the, uh, you know, your stock standard villain. Uh, he's empathetic. He, you know, he, he seems to like Superman. He seems to look up to him or be, you know, uh, be impressed by him. But at the same time, we don't understand why he's serving the U.S. government or, you know, what his uh, ties are to the U.S. government and, um, but it's uh, it's playing out nicely. Yeah, I'm interested. I, I, I like Superman Unchained so far. Yeah, now I like the uh, I like the um, the art as well. Yeah, it's very, very good. Uh, Jim Lee's really doing well. a great job uh, on Superman Unchained. Action Comics number twenty three. Uh, again, another almost similar storyline where we got these you know aliens versus Superman, these Pax Galactica, and then you got this Lexus character. Um, what do you make of Action Comics 23? Well, <laughs> it was weird. I'll yeah. give it that. Uh, I actually, it was two or three parts, I think, that led us to this yes. uh, position. And we finally saw what Lexus was and, and who these Pax Galactica people. Um, what I did like about it was the comedy. I found that <laughs> this 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 kind of three-part adventure had a lot more witty remarks had mm-hmm. a lot more comic uh, b- b- uh bubbles you know uh One when 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 lexus shows up and they, and he goes uh lexus i presume you know and they go yes he goes you know you might have started off with uh destroyer <laughs> of universes and killer of worlds before you know when you when you first let me know what was going on and also i like the uh so say we all uh it's uh, definitely purposely there for Battlestar Galactica. That right. was the phrase that they used all the time. And, yeah, uh, and this is Pax they, Galactica. They used it here um, as a little wink to the people who might know what they're what they're referring to. Right. And I like that. That's yeah. a, I mean, I mean, then if you if you step away from that for a minute, you go Pax Galactica is a dumb name for whoever this group is. Lexus is an even dumber name for whoever the villain is. And then, of course, you have Superman, who many people for many years have said uh, is kind of a simplistic name for a man who is super. But, <laughs> you know, uh, but it was funny. And I like a lot of the, 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 the jokey things they went with. Um, there's some there's some uh, uh, kind of it seems it seems to be the way they like to go, whether it's Man of Steel or whether it's casting Ben Affleck as Batman in the next movie. Um, there's definitely a lot of controversy over the uh, the climax to this particular story. Right. And, uh, you know, for those who haven't read it, uh, you know, Superman's actions, again, are being called into question, I guess. Mm. But I like the way it ended with Superman, you know, deciding, you know, what his first and only command would be as as their liege, um, and it was, you know, very befitting of the character. Absolutely. Yeah, very cool. So Action Comics 23, uh, both liking it there. Uh, Superboy 23, uh, not so much on my behalf. Um, this whole back-to-school thing, these whole monsters, the Dr. Psycho, um, it, it just it seemed very convoluted. I, um, I, haven't got, I haven't enjoyed Superboy, I don't think at all. At any point mm-hmm. since the relaunch, I tried. Uh, I'm still reading it, um, you know, as per my duties to the Superman homepage. But um, it's really, it's kind of a hard slog for me. It always is, you know. Uh, strangely enough, I'm enjoying this back to school storyline more than I have uh, many of the previous storylines, and, and clearly more than you. But um, it is. I hate the artwork. It's a very. It's almost like. Um, 
you know, my daughter is drawing it. It's very just kind of scribbly. It's very uh, childish looking. Their faces change from panel to panel. You know, at one point in this story, they uh, the bully comes in and, 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 and says, I'm going to beat you up because my girlfriend's just trying to make me mad. But the girlfriend is a different character than the one who was trying to make him mad. And yet the boyfriend uses a different name. And then they, and I thought, okay, something else is going on here where he's being shown clues that this isn't really what's happening, but they never really covered that. And then of course you have everybody turning into monsters and you have crypto showing up. It's just a weird, uh, hard for me, hard to get into the whole thing for with nowhere and every from the beginning as, mm-hmm. as it's been a mess for me, uh, the Superboy book. Yeah, it just like uh, I mean, I understand that this you know this whole psionic thing, and you know, these all these I, I don't understand who the monsters were, or why the kids were monsters, and then why this one un- other particular kid was the one who was you know making Superboy fight himself almost, or took on the you know the the mirror image of Superboy, and who was scared and who wasn't scared, and and then <laughs> you throw in Psycho Pirate at the end as the big villain. It just doesn't seem to be any through line. No, uh, it, I don't know that they have any kind of clear direction uh, or exactly what they. It's just like, well, we got a kid. He's not Superman, but he's not really Superboy. He has some powers. Let's just put him in weird situations. Yeah, we give him a, we give him a, a Connor Kent um, secret identity, and then we rip it away from him in the very same issue. Yeah, and now he's back to being Connor, I guess, for the the school issue or, or whatever. But then it's I don't know. It's it is. Uh, you know, and he says he didn't he didn't have parents and all that. And, of course, he's referring to the parents that were his parents when he was in suspended animation and being fed information into his brain didn't really exist. And he's a clone, but is he a clone? He was created somewhere. And I know these are all mysteries we're supposed to find out as time goes on. And, you know, but uh, it's very – and I, I think I think a lot of this psionic stuff and Dr. Psycho and it's all kind of still – interconnected and we're eventually going to get to where the Superman family is together again for this whole Brainiac thing and um, people are getting orders from this mysterious voice whom it seems we now know is Brainiac and that he's coming and uh, so who knows uh, where it's going to lead but right now it just seems very uh, in the Superboy story anyway very convoluted mm. now as I mentioned I didn't I haven't read Supergirl number 23 but it's continuing on that whole uh, story of Supergirl being on Anoxia with the cyborg Superman uh, trying to get her body so he can change, you know, uh, finally be able to have a, a human body again and, uh, you know, using Delacour, this, this this construct thing that's to, to help. What did you make of 23? Well, you know, what's strange about this is that um, much like Superboy, I haven't been really thrilled with the Supergirl stories uh, pretty much from the beginning. There have been little bits here and there uh, that that I've liked, but I don't really like her character all that much. I don't really like her attitude all that much. I I find it... It's kind of like uh, the same thing day in and day out. It's, wow, I don't belong here. Wow, everybody hates me. Wow, everybody tries to kill me. When, in fact, she's the one who starts punching as soon as Superman shows up. Um, you know, she's the one who, who turns her anger on almost everybody she meets pretty quickly. Mm. Uh, this story I did, I am kind of just like with Superboy. If I had to pick one that I enjoyed, I am enjoying this little, this little part. And part of that is that Cyborg's involved, even mm-hmm. though it's, 
in Cyborg Superman, even though it makes no sense in terms of how he was created. We don't know. We haven't been told. Uh, but somehow there's still a Superman that's a Cyborg Superman, even though um, we don't know how the Doomsday thing happened. And, and clearly this Superboy isn't the one that came when he died. And, you know, so, again, we're all convoluted because they wanted to relaunch and they wanted to keep some things and not keep others. Uh, but I do like his kind of um, very devious nature and his misleading, uh, although it breaks down pretty quickly when he realizes that she's not going to go along with it. He immediately uh, becomes creepy. <laughs> mm. And I believe there's a bit of a, uh, well, I guess a surprise ending uh, for Supergirl fans uh, in regards to... Uh, just who comes out uh, at the end. Yeah. Um, again, we don't want to re- reveal too much, but uh, it's one of those things where I think if you're a Supergirl fan first, you might be very upset by this. You might be very angered by this, uh, but you also might be very intrigued. And if you're somebody who's just kind of reading the books and trying to get a whole sense of things and maybe looking for a hook that's going to make the Supergirl title worth reading or at least it would get you pulled into it for the time being to find out what's going on here i think that this little uh what a twist at the end will uh, give you a, a bit of a a shiver a bit of a bit of a chill a bit of a confusion and and uh, make you wonder what's going on so uh, that can be a good thing interesting so we'll uh we'll look forward to further uh issues of supergirl to find out what happens next Okay, well, yeah, before we move out into our uh, big question segment of the show, uh, Canadian fans might be interested to know that uh, Canada are celebrating Superman's 75th anniversary. Of course, Joe Shuster was born uh, in Canada, and uh, uh, he's being the co-creator of Superman. They uh, felt the need to celebrate the character's 75th anniversary and will be releasing a series of Superman stamps on September 10th. Did you decide to put this in here because all the Batman fans are calling it Justice League of Canada now? <laughs> Have you heard about that? That's a, that's aside from all the petitions. That's the next complaint. You know, uh, because uh, America is not just the United States of America, but exa- but you know the the continent. I guess, but I think uh, I, I think Ben Affleck is Canadian or something. Oh, I don't right. know. Uh, but I, I don't know. It was I didn't even. I, maybe he is. I, I tried to. I didn't look at the stories, but apparently right. that's Any that's shoot. the other joke. Uh, <laughs> for, for some reason, it's it's oh, it's going to be the Justice League of Canada. I, I don't even know. I, I actually didn't even know what the joke meant. Uh, it's just. Uh, I guess it's supposed to be a joke, or it's. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> uh, maybe what you said uh, that uh, you know, uh, it's going to be all encompassing of, of the you know. I mean, technically, it's uh, it's kind of like the Justice League of the world. <laughs> And I think that's why they kind of went with just Justice League when they did the series. And, mm. uh, you know, they have the, the, the comic that comes out every month. It's just Justice League. But then they have Justice League of America, which is a separate thing. It's confusing. But, of course, um, somehow out of Ben Affleck being cast, people started talking about Justice League of Canada. I, I don't know. But, okay. Well, <laughs> there you go. Something to look into. But uh, let's move into our big question segment of the show. start with the big question let's do it last month's question was what do you think of the announcement of a superman batman movie and jeremy crawford one of our regular writers wrote in i love that we'll be getting a superman batman team up in the same film since we've been seeing them team up in animated cartoons and animated films it's about time we get a live action version 
I would have loved to see a Superman versus Batman fight, like the world's finest 1990 animated version. Maybe we'll get something where they fight, then realize they have to team up to fight the real bad guy and start a JLA team. Hmm. Well, that would be a, a very interesting way of going. It seems pretty uh, cliche, but uh, we'll see where they end up uh, going with this movie. Hector writes in and he says, I like the idea of Batman being in the next movie as long as the characters have a common enemy and not just fighting each other. I rather play, I'd rather play Injustice than watch Batman and Superman fight each other on the big screen. Yeah, I think I have to agree with that. I, 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 don't really, I don't really love the idea of the two characters fighting each other. I, first of all, I think it's nonsensical and illogical. And, and, yep. and no matter how many Batman fans tell me that Batman's the smartest and can plan things out and has ways to stop every member of the Justice League, I just don't think it works in, in real-world terms. And I know this is a comic book movie, so it's not the real world, but I just don't really like when they do that. Justin Hayden wrote, I'm excited about the movie announcement. However, I don't want Batman to make Superman look like an idiot. I don't want Batman to be able to figure out some way to beat the crap out of Superman. I'll go see it, and my hope is that it will lead to a Trinity movie, with the focus being on Wonder Woman. I want to see these three together on screen. Yeah, good call, Justin. I'm with you there with the uh, whole making Superman look like an idiot thing. Um, too. Dreading that. But uh, Wonder Woman, that's an interesting take there that you've uh, come up with, a Trinity movie. Might be a good idea. Uh, Troy M. writes in and he says, I am one of those fans that try to visualise what actor would be right for the comic book characters. I've got my Justice League picked out. I can't wait to see Batman in the next movie, but my dream cast would be Scott Adkins. And I even have his world mapped out in my Nolan Batman's imagination. I wanted to know, have you seen any of his movies or do you have an ideal actor in a smaller role than Superman? you think would be right to play Batman. Well, I guess that kind of, uh, that's a bit moot at the moment, that uh, that whole discussion about who might play Batman, since Affleck has been cast, but um, I'm not familiar with Scott Adkins. Are you, Scotty? I feel like I've heard his name before, but I don't have anything to draw upon, and, and uh, not being a, I mean, I like all superhero films, I usually see them at one point or another, but not being a Batman fan straight up, I don't really, I, never, I didn't really have an idea of who I would like to be Batman, mm. though, as I said, I think yep. Affleck uh, has the ability to do quite a good job. Yeah, I'm with you there. Danny C. wrote, Hey guys, my thoughts on Batman being in a Man of Steel sequel are mixed. Sure, it sounds amazing at first, but then I felt a little robbed. Superman isn't going to get the same fully freshed out story as the Dark Knight did. It seems like a slap in the face. Superman has such a rich history that hasn't been touched yet, and now Batman is thrown into the mix. Batman in the sequel, keep him to the end. He can challenge Superman to a fight a la Rocky III. That's all we need to see of him. Yeah, with Affleck in there, I'd, I'd you know, I know you were, Scotty, a fan of that type of idea of having him come in at the end there kind of thing, but with Affleck in as the Batman, I don't see that as being uh, a possibility. I think he'd need to be almost, you know, 40-60, if not 50-50 on screen. That's Yeah, I mean, that seems to be what it looks like it's going to happen, but it is still possible if, if they've signed him on to play him in other movies or he's going to direct or something that, mm. uh, like with Nick Fury in the Iron Man movie, he could just appear and then expand his role a bit and be in every crossover movie or, or something along those lines and then, of course, have his own type storyline in Justice League and then maybe a, 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 a standalone Batman film where... He's already established, and, and we see him where we don't have to go the same way that the Nolan trilogy went because we've already seen that so recently. So it's possible. It's something that uh, 
if they're going to call this the Man of Steel sequel, I'm hoping for, but uh, it doesn't seem likely uh, with the, the direction it seems to be going. No, um, especially since they've announced it as being a Superman and Batman in the same film uh, rather than just, you know, like a cameo appearance type of thing. But anyway, we'll wait and see. Uh, up next, we have uh, Argent L, who writes in, Hey, Steve, Scotty, my first viewing of Man of Steel, I left the theatre thinking I've got to go back and see it again. The second time I saw Man of Steel, I left the theatre thinking, wow, I really hope the next one is Superman versus Batman. Surprise? Not really. But that's if that's the only way we get to see Henry Cavill as Man of Steel, I guess it has to be in a versus movie. My only concern is, who is versus? I've never heard of this versus. And more <laughs> importantly, who will play Batmite? <laughs> nice. Funny. I know people are saying uh, Matt Damon's probably going to play Robin. So, <laughs> Did yes. you see that little? Uh, yeah, be, yeah, of course. Thing. That's funny. Yes. Um, but our new big question will be: What do you think of Ben Affleck? <laughs> Strangely enough, what do you think of Ben Affleck being cast as Batman for the upcoming Superman Batman movie? Yes, get involved with the big question segment of the show. Send in your answer using the big question feedback form. And Scotty and I will read out your responses next show. Or you can record an audio answer and send that in as an MP3 file, and we will play that here on Radio KAL. I thought we would get more responses uh, with this one. I thought it was going to be a very polarizing subject. Yeah, I think people ranted and raved on uh, message boards and comment boards across the internet and uh, couldn't uh, save themselves for a, uh, a big question response. It's possibly true. It's now time for the super secret soundbite. Last month's sound came from the animated movie Superman Batman Public Enemies, and nine people guessed it correctly, Steve. Yes, they were Jeremy Crawford, Fred Walsh, Justin Hayden, Nick Nicholson, Brandon Whitmore, Bardo Sosa, Derek Stokely, Robert Ma- Maples, and John Pippia Jr. Mm. Well done, guys. Now, let's see if you people and more people can guess where in the world of Superman this new secret soundbite comes from. If you did shoot me and the bullet bounced off, it might accidentally hit someone else. Well, if you think you know where in the world of Superman that sound came from, use the super secret soundbite entry form found at the Superman homepage and send your entry in. Each person who guesses it right will have their name read out here on Radio KAL. Yes, and now it's Superman song time. Every month on Radio KAL, Steve searches out a song themed with Superman, and this one is actually called Superman. It's by the Robbies or the Robies from their 1999 album, The Robies, and also special guest. Yes, here is Superman. Yeah. 
there you have it. That's our song. That's our show. And uh, remember, if there is a suggestion that you would like to pass on to us here at Radio KAL, we're happy to take your suggestions about a topic you think we need to discuss. Maybe there's a song you'd like to request. Maybe there's a big question you'd like us to ask of the fans. All those suggestions can be sent to us using the KAL feedback form found at the Superman homepage. Or alternatively, you can email us. Scotty's email address is scotty at supermanhomepage.com. Mine is steve at supermanhomepage.com. And we will endeavour to use those suggestions in a future show. But for now, that's it. Thanks, Scotty. Thank you, Steve. And remember, everybody, I've got bat shark repellent in my pants. You've been listening to Radio KAL, brought to you by supermanhomepage.com.